Hey guys, welcome back to the Living Lizzie podcast with me, Lizzie. Super excited as always to be on the podcast today, but I first just wanted to thank everyone who listened to our very first episode for all the love and all the support. It was just crazy to see how many people listened because I really didn't think anyone was going to listen. Whenever I do projects or anything that's outside of what I normally do I really think no one's gonna listen to it or partake in it or support or whatever but just thank you so much um, we had almost 600 listeners slash streamers or whatever you guys call it on here um, which for the first episode that's just insane and the amount of dms and text messages I got of support and love was just also incredible so I just thank you all so so much plus on our Apple version of this podcast, uh, we had almost 10 five-star ratings, which is crazy. So if you're listening to this right now or throughout this podcast, feel free to screenshot this, um, tag me in it, and don't forget to give it a five-star review because it just really helps me out a lot and I really, really appreciate it. But today we're going to talk about who I am and how I became the person that I am today because a lot of you see me post my life on social media and you think you know who I am but really y'all have no idea who I am (laughs) and all the things that I've gone through growing up because um, you know going to therapy bless going to therapy I really don't know where I would be today without it Um, but it has opened my eyes to realize that what I had gone through isn't normal and you really don't realize how unnormal the things that you've gone through within life is until you go to therapy (laughs) but I'm going to be talking about a lot of things that may be triggering to people so I do want to put that warning out there today as I'm going to be talking about abuse addiction disorders and murder um and I laugh at that because for me it's my life and I talk about it very nonchalantly because I'm very numb to it all where some of you you're gonna be like holy crap Linda my name's not Linda it's Lizzie but um you're gonna be shocked by a lot of it and so I just want to put that disclaimer out there but if you are struggling with any of the things that I'm talking about and you need help um please text the word home to 741741 it is a crisis text hotline um and there will be a crisis counselor there to support you in any way shape or form but I really wanted to put that disclaimer out there before I get too deep into this um, because again it may be triggering to some so again that um, number is 741741 and you will text the word home so with that being said oh man guys this is gonna be so weird for me Now today I'm going to be talking about my life and this is the way that I talk about it um, is very nonchalant for me because it's my life and I'm pretty numb to the things that I had gone through um, because again I'd gone through it and I thought it was normal up until I learned that it wasn't normal and you know I also talked about this a ton when I was Miss North Dakota and For me, this is going to be somewhat difficult because when I was Miss North Dakota, I would go and speak to the schools. I would share my story. I would share what I've gone through, sprinkle my little bit of inspiration at the end of my presentation, but I never had it recorded. So for me, this is so, so different and so weird, but I'm not going to give you like the presentation version of everything. Um, I'm just going to touch on the things that, you know, really impacted my life and kind of go into somewhat of detail Um, and some of you guys it's going to be really shocking some of you guys are going to have like you're like yeah I already know all these things and the people who are those people are my husband 
and my two really good friends, Caitlin and Haley. And there's, like, a few other people, but Caitlin and Haley know the ins and outs of, like, every single aspect of my life, um, as well as my husband. So, um, I mean, where do we even start, guys? I guess we can start, which I would say is, like, the core of all the problems that happened within my life. Or, I don't want to say problems. I would say series of unfortunate events, but we're fortunate because I truly believe everything that happens in life happens for a reason and behind every event that happens in life there is a lesson and attached to that lesson is a blessing so I always say there's a lesson to every blessing um but all of my life lessons um started with my dad um my dad was an illegal immigrant from Canada and he married my mom um and my dad wasn't a good guy he was abusive, he was an alcoholic, a drug user, a drug dealer, I almost said a drug seller, a drug dealer, um, and he was a sociopath, basically, and what he would do is he would marry women for their money, so when my parents first got together, um, my dad told my mom that his first wife and child died in a car accident, which wasn't true. Uh, he did have multiple, multiple, multiple wives before my mom, but my mom literally had no idea up until she filed for a divorce. And I witnessed abuse a lot growing up, um, unfortunately, verbal, physical, and it wasn't good. And one of the first moments of abuse that I remember, because something that my therapist tells me is I'm really good at taking all of the traumatic memories within my life and shoving it down in this little box within my chest and up until I would say this last year I had never opened up that box and um, faced the demons that I had gone through or faced those trials that I had gone through but we had to start all the way from literally childhood so um, I'm healing my inner child and this is kind of a good process to do it too talking about it really openly and candidly but the very first memory that I have of my parents is when I was seven years old and I remember it so so vividly um, it was right after we moved from one house to the next and I moved a ton as a kid not because I was a military kid just but because of the situation that I will continue to divulge into here in a second but um, it was right after we moved into I called my country house and my parents would argue all the time, but this one was very different. And I remember my parents arguing right after we moved and um, they like went to the garage and they were arguing there and I was a nosy kid. I mean, I'm still nosy now, but way nosier as a kid. And so I went from our bedroom where I was staying into the living room and my parents were fighting in the garage kitchen area. And so I was sitting on the couch in the living room and all of a sudden I heard a big bang. And... Then very quickly after that bang, I heard my mom screaming, Lizzie, call 911, please help me, please help me, like crying for help. Um, and so I ran into the kitchen and it was like instantly fight or flight mode. And I walked into my dad having my mom up against the kitchen cupboard with a knife up against her neck. And I basically told my dad, if you can't play nice with others, you can't be here anymore. And I truly believe that I potentially saved my mom's life that night because my dad left. And, um, shortly after my mom, same country house, I remember my mom coming in and being like, your dad and I are getting a divorce. And I was devastated because back then it wasn't a common thing. Like now I think it's like 
over 65% of Americans who get married end up in a divorce, but at the time in seventh grade, or when I was seven, um, that wasn't super common. And so I was devastated, and I went to school, and I had just moved to a new school, and kids were mean. Kids were super mean to me because I was a new kid in school, and I moved in the middle of school year, at the beginning of the middle of the school year, um, and it was crazy. It was insane. And so, um, yeah, my parents got a divorce and it was really hard on my life. And, you know, it kind of spiraled into so many more things. And like I said at the beginning, and I'll say this a lot, I'll get into that later. Um, but it was a good thing that my parents got a divorce because of my dad. You know, my dad, um, used to sell drugs and he actually took my college fund as a kid and used it to support his addictions. And so, um, after my parents got a divorce, my dad ended up remarrying a woman that, um, which was kind of interesting. My mom sold a house to her and that woman was actually the aunts of somebody that I went to school with in, um, elementary school, my first elementary school. So they got married and, um, yeah, they got married. And so another pivotal point within my life is when I was in fifth grade, um, in fifth grade, I got bit in the face by a dog in front of everybody at my elementary school. It was just traumatizing. Um, but after I got, you know, back from being bit in the face by a dog, my main bully, because I was bullied literally from when I moved to this new school till I graduated high school from by the same woman, we're going to give her the name Tabitha. Um, and Tabitha bullied me literally from the mo- moment that I moved into this new school till I graduated high school. But something that I didn't realize until after I graduated and after I, you know, had more life to live, um, that it was projection. Every single time somebody is mean to you or projects hurtful things to you, it's because there's something internally going wrong within their life or there's things that's happening to them that they just don't know how to properly express how they're feeling and they project it onto other people. I mean, there's adults today who still do it, but you know, as a kid, you didn't realize that was happening. So in fifth grade, when I got bit in the face by this dog, came back to school and Tabitha and all of her friends used to call me Scarface, used to tell me I would need to get plastic surgery because I was so ugly and then they would wear sunglasses and tell me that um, that I was so ugly that I needed to get plastic surgery or they were wearing the sunglasses and saying my ugliness was so ugly that it was blinding so they needed sunglasses to protect themselves which at fifth grade that's a lot to deal with and you know, around that same time, um, my dad had just moved from one city to a different city um, and opened up a restaurant with my stepmom. And, you know, my dad never paid child support. He never supported us in any way, shape, or form. Um, and so we struggled a lot growing up. You know, my mom was a real estate agent and um, she's a real estate agent when the house market was crashing, which definitely isn't a good time, especially when you're raising two girls by herself with your ex-husband not paying any child support whatsoever but living this quote unquote lavish lifestyle um but I would hear my mom talk to my aunt or people on the phone saying like he's not paying child support we're not able to afford x y and z and if my mom's listening some of these things that I'll be talking about next mom um you don't exactly know but you do at the same time so yeah, my mom's going to be writing a book about all these things. So um, hers is going to be more from her side. I'm talking about this from my side. But yeah, um, so 
I would hear my mom say all these things and my mom would have so many jobs to try and support us to keep a roof over our head because the house that we lived in in the country was in foreclosure because my dad was never paying child support. The house was hecka big and, you know, when parents get a divorce and you're not getting child support, it's really hard to raise two kids. And so my dad, you know, moved to this new town um, and started this new restaurant. I would go with him and um, work with him. And it was really sad because um, I would spend way more time with him than my little sister did. My little sister would spend a lot of time with my stepmom where I would spend a lot of time with my dad. And so I would go to his restaurant with him and I would help him do the tills in the morning and I would help him, um, you know, count everything. And I would go to the bank with him and do all those things with him. And after I learned that my dad wasn't paying child support, and I would hear my mom have these phone calls with friends. And I know my mom was definitely trying to, you know, keep it on the DL that nothing was wrong whatsoever, which I know she was doing to protect me um, and try to make sure that I we were living this regular life. Um, I knew that he wasn't supporting us. And so what I would do is when I was with my dad, um, I and at his restaurant slash bar, I would help him count the tills. But I would say, okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, a hundred. Okay, a hundred dollars for me. One, two, three, four, five, six, a hundred, twenty dollars for me. And I would do that because um, being picked on so much for what I looked like, what I wore, everything, I just wanted to be like the cool kids. And I knew at the time we wouldn't be able to financially afford it. Um, so I would have, you know, at the time I didn't realize how much money it actually was until I was an adult. And I'm like, oh God, why did I, one, do that? Two, why didn't I pocket it to use towards college? And three, geez Louise, Lizzie, what were you thinking? I guess again, fight or flight. And I was definitely fighting, but like subtly. And so I would take this money and I would go shopping and I would always shop with my stepmom and my mom would be like, where'd you get all this money from? Or where'd you get all these clothes from? And be like, oh, my dad bought them for me. And technically he did because I stole the money from his bar um, to pay for it, but he also wasn't paying child support. So like technically I was taking the child support that he was supposed to pay. Yeah, it was a vibe. <laughs> and so um, shortly after that um, is coming around to seventh grade and seventh grade is when my dad decided to leave and that was really heartbreaking for me because the only way that I kept in connection with him was through email but a lot of people think that he left because you know he wanted to leave because he was being a dad he needed to get up and leave you know a deadbeat however he was running from the IRS because he wasn't paying his taxes he was also an illegal immigrant from Canada and he was stealing hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of thousands of dollars from other people and scamming them so people were after him and literally I remember him selling our house selling everything and I was heartbroken he even got rid of my dog um and that was heartbreaking and so um yeah and I remember him saying like we'll keep in touch we'll come and see you all the time blah 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 but that never happened he never came back to that country ever um and I remember kids picking on me for it and telling me that he left because he knew how um shitty of a kid that I was going to be like grow up and to be and that was really devastating to hear on a regular basis um and they would say I was so fat and I was so ugly that 
um, he wanted to get away from me because my fatness, um, there wasn't enough room in the country for him to be here because I was so fat. And I remember one day after school, Tabitha and all of her friends, um, I was cleaning out my locker one day after school and it's like one of those scenes from a movie where it's like the mean girl and then the posse behind them and then they all like come together to you like in my head right now remembering that that's how it felt and I was cleaning out my locker and Tabitha was picking on me again talking about how I'm trash and all these things because my dad was leaving and that he left because he didn't love me and all this and then she took the garbage can and dumped it on my head and it was like there, you're uh, with the rest of the trash, like your family, and you belong, or there you are, you belong there with your family, or something along the lines of that, and that was devastating, and that would happen to me all the time, people would pick on me and say hurtful things, and it was mainly Tabitha and her group of people, and that was really hard, because that is when um, I started having my eating disorder, and my body dysmorphia, and um, struggling with my body image, This was also the same time when I started getting involved with my church. Um, But the funny thing about that is I started getting involved with church because uh, my stepmom was really involved in church. And I just wanted to, you know, have something of that life that I had with my my dad um, and like his quote unquote family. And so I started going to church. But the thing is, is... I wasn't friends with the right crowd and so I started drinking and doing drugs to cope with my dad leaving and to cope with the fact that I um, you know didn't have that presence and it wasn't a healthy way to deal with it but I didn't know how to and I remember the first time I drank and the first time that I smoked pot I was at this kid named Tucker's house (laughs) at a Halloween party and I remember I smoked my first joint and I took my first shot and then I sat in a she shed and watched the hills have eyes while there were two other couples in that she shed making out and I didn't even realize what was happening until I turned around and it was right after the guy in the movie like rips the bird's head off drinks the blood and yeah it was just terrifying and I remember it so vividly but that was the first time I got into drugs and and drinking and I started using um to cope with the things that I was going through to avoid all of the world problems that were happening around me um it was funny because I would always get high um with my friend before I would go to church and I used to joke oh I'm just getting high to get closer to Jesus which that's you know, that's not how that works. So going into eighth grade, summer going into eighth grade, um, you know, still keeping in contact with my dad through email. And that's the only way I had contact with him. And this is kind of where a lot of my life turned um, for the worst. Um, and a lot of things got really hard really quick. Um, so my dad moved to Central America with my stepmom. Um, and again, my dad is super, super abusive. And... I remember one day my um, mom coming into my bedroom and telling me that my stepmom had died. And at the moment, we didn't know what was happening, how she died. Um, But we later found out that my dad was abusive to her and she suffered a brain aneurysm because of the abuse. And the day after that there was brain signs of her coming back, my dad took her off of life support. Um... We don't know exactly why, um, but we had everything for her to come back to the States to get the proper care, to get the proper support for her to, you know, live, and my dad basically killed her, 
and that's super hard um, to deal with as a kid, knowing that one, your dad abandoned you, two, that he killed your stepmom, and I would tell my best friends about this, and later found out that my best friend was best friends with Tabitha, and when I would tell my friend about all these things, she would tell Tabitha, and Tabitha would come running to me and try to make my life literally miserable. She would say things along the lines of, I bet your dad was too drunk or too high to realize that it was your stepmom, when in reality, I bet he thought it was you and wanted to kill you and wanted to murder you. Like, is there a way that we can call him and have him come back here um, so he can kill you? Because you'd be much better off not here. Um, And that's you know, when I started having suicidal ideations and that's when my eating disorder started. Um, you know, I didn't get to a hundred pounds till I was a senior in high school. Um, because I just wasn't confident in my body, wasn't confident in who I was. And I never had a solid friend group. I was kind of like that floater kid who, you know, floated around in friend groups and kind of could try to find their place where I could find somebody to be friends with. And that was super difficult, um, as a kid. And, you know, mixing um, eating disorder, addiction, and, um, you know, suicidal ideations, it's difficult. And there are times where I didn't want to be alive and I didn't want to be here. And, you know, growing up, I would always ask, like, why me? Why me? Why, why is all these things happening to me? Why is this? Why me? And I didn't learn why me until I was an adult. You know, God is constantly writing your story. Your story is really already written. We're just living out each and every single page every day. So I was addicted, I guess you could say. And um, I was a gymnast for 16 years. And I used to use the excuse of, okay, well, um, I'm super skinny because of being a gymnast. Um, I, you know... I'm shaking. My eyes are like this all the time because I'm a gymnast. I'm just dehydrated. I'm just tired. I worked out really late last night. Oh, I had schoolwork. I had all these things. And in reality, that wasn't true. And so for me, um, things didn't start turning around until I got into the high school gymnastics team. Um, And that was when I was in ninth grade. And they basically, at the time, they like scared you and said, hey, you can't do drugs. You can't do any of that. You can't drink. You can't have a minor because if you do, we'll find out and then you will no longer be able to be on the gymnastics team. And I was scared shitless. I was like, okay, I'm not doing any of these things anymore. However, I still did them. I would go to parties. I would get drunk. I would get high just to like cope with the things that I was going through. And, you know, in high school, it's way easier to get connected with alcohol because you have the seniors who have uh, siblings in college and they're all 21 and they can easily get you alcohol and drugs too and I didn't realize how bad it was until I moved away and there are so many more things within high school that that happened to me when it comes to just like the bullying and being slut shamed and just being treated so terribly by men but that's because I had this standard of how to be treated because of my dad and you know I look at my husband now and I thank God every single day it's gonna make me emotional I thank God every single day for him because I look at my life and I look at all the I guess you could say skeletons in my closet that I have Um, and I truly never thought I would be loved I never thought that you know, anyone would want to love this hot mess express, not even hot, just a mess. 
um, and love someone who's so broken and doesn't know how to fix themselves. And I'm just super, super grateful for my husband, which I don't know if you're watching, but hi, honey, I love you and I'm obsessed with you. Agape. If you don't know what that is, go look it up. But I really didn't realize how big of a problem I had until I got to college. And um, I only applied to one school. I applied to NDSU um, because I was like, you know what? I'm going to get as far away as I can from this town because I don't want to be around any of the people here um, because I hate everybody. They all treat me like trash. They say terrible things about me. They spread rumors about me. Like I heard a rumor at a bachelorette party and I was like, if that is what people are saying, they basically said that I, um, did some nasty things to a boy in my class underneath his desk. And, um, yeah. And I was like, um, looking back at it now, I'm like, how did we believe stupid things like that? Like that one never happened Two, If it did, I'd be a legend. And three, why do people say stupid shit like that? I don't know. But I applied to one college and applied to NDSU and I was like, you know what? I'm getting the hell away from here. I'm never coming back. Yeah, I just wanted to get as far as far away as I could from my hometown, which was like four and a half hours away, which really isn't that far at all. So then I started applying to college. Um, I applied literally to one school because I thought moving four hours away was the farthest away that I could get. Um, and I thought this was gonna be my new life. I was starting something new, but really a lot more problems were going to happen for me, unfortunately. So I remember it so clearly I was at Target swiping my card and, um, it declined. And I was like, "Mm, homie, there's a lot of money in there from, um, grad parties to saving money, all this stuff. Like there's money in there. And they're like, well, it's declining. You should check your bank account. And I checked my bank account and both my checking account and my saving account had no money in it literally nothing and I was like okay sick um what happened so called my mom later found out that because of all the things with my dad and my parents divorce my mom's lawyer took all my money out of my bank account because it was attached to my mom's bank account and my mom's lawyer took my money um all of it and that's when my debt racking up on my credit card started Um, And I'm going to get into that in a different podcast talking about how I got into business and entrepreneurship, but that was really hard. (laughs) I literally had no money and it was my freshman year of college and that is when I started my, I didn't start my unhealthy relationship with money there, um, but it just continued to grow from there. But um, within college, I thought I was going to make this whole new life and all these things. And this is like when things kind of turned for the worst, I guess, when it came to my college experience. So I had that happen, called my mom and I had met all these new girls within, you know, college. And I thought they were going to be my friends. You know, they always tell you those stories of you're going to find your best friends in college. They're going to be in your wedding. And I was like, oh my gosh, my rom-com life is going to come true. And it didn't, unfortunately. Um, that same freshman year, very shortly after, um, you know, having my bank account swiped by my mom's lawyer, um, found out that my dad was arrested um, in Central America. And the best part is, is his mugshot, or not really his mugshot, but the picture of him getting arrested by um, Central America. I'm not going to say the specific country in Central America, but um, 
his picture it literally is a shirt that says world's greatest dad and it's the shirt that I gave him when my sister was born <laughs> like it's insane like you can't make this shit up like it's it's a real thing it's so it's hilarious to me but other people are, are like okay well first off your dad was arrested for human trafficking running a prostitution ring, killing your stepmom, but he originally was arrested because he stole $250,000 from this family in Tennessee. He said he was going to buy property for them, didn't actually buy any property for them, and just pocketed the money, but that is in true my father fashion. And so I told these girls in my dorm that, um, you know, this was happening within my life. If I'm crying, if I'm emotional, you know, having phone calls about all these things with people um this is what's happening and a kid I went to high school with who I went to elementary middle school and high school with um was in a frat and the girls I was in a dorm with are like our hall um went to this frat dance and they exchanged conversation found out that they knew me and um they let them know like this was happening within my life in this moment and he told them that none of the things that I had told them about my family about my life was true he told them that my parents still live together that my parents were still married that um, we live in this massive house which we did live in a really big house in the country when I was in fifth grade <laughs> and we moved out of that after that because it was in foreclosure but he didn't mention that and so um these girls thought I was a liar and they broke connections with me and I was heartbroken and I relapsed in my eating disorder because I felt like I was a failure again. Um, I felt like all the things that I was trying to run away from by moving four and a half hours away from my hometown that they were all coming back and it was really hard. It was hard to have the life that you're trying to renew and restart to literally go to shit super quickly because of one person and this is where my biggest advice is you can't let the things that happen to you define who you are all the things that had gone on within my life I could choose how to respond to them I could choose to respond to them how I used to respond to them of going back to drinking and smoking and doing drugs and you know coping quote-unquote coping with my issues that way or I could rise above I could step up and not let these moments define who I am you know you can choose to be a victim of your life or you can choose to be a victor and I chose to be a victor I chose to rise above I chose to look at the bright side and I chose to look to the light and start walking to the light of what potential could come within me from me versus sitting in the darkness sitting in my sadness and being poor pitiful Lizzie You know, a lot of people think that they know who I am. A lot of people think, oh, I know Lizzie because she, you know, is Miss North Dakota or I went to high school with her or I sang in choir with her or we would go out and party all the time. But I put up a huge wall. All the things that I've shared with you is like the very like skim surface of my life um, where I don't have enough time to get into each and every single detail of every single aspect of the things that have gone on within my life on this podcast, maybe another day, but just know that every single wrong within your life you can make right you can turn around the things that had gone wrong within your life and you know break those generational I don't want to say curses but those generational traits you know I don't drink 
I don't do drugs. I know I have an addictive tendency, so I don't do any of those things. Um, And I choose to cope and um, process the things that I go through and hardships that I go through within life now in healthier ways. And I really don't know how I would make it out if I didn't say, you know what, I'm not going to fall victim to my life. I'm going to rise above and hopefully make an impact with the things that I've gone through within my life. So this is for anyone who is listening. Anyone who has gotten this far into the podcast, just know that if your life hasn't gone the way that you'd want it to, you didn't have that picket white fence growing up, you didn't have the golden retriever dog, like your life looked and felt like shit, you get to choose how you respond to it. You either get to lay down and let life beat the crap out of you or you can beat life back and go do things and go change your life because again a lot of people don't know the depths of my life and I really just skimmed through the surface of the things because again I still have a wall up because of all the things that I have gone through you know I have a hard time trusting I have a hard time making friends with people because once I let people in I just it I'm just used to people you know not not being trustworthy and not being able to get on my island of trust as my therapist says um, everybody is in the ocean around my island of trust and I slowly let people dock onto the sandbar to my island of trust I go to their boat they don't come to my campfire that's on the island very 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 few people get there Um, and it takes time. It takes time to heal from these things and things don't happen overnight when it comes to healing, but don't be ashamed of your story. Don't be ashamed of the things that you've gone through because again, every single day we are just living out the chapters of life that God has already written for us and we don't know the end story until we get there. Like I look back at my life currently and I look at all the things that I had gone through to get me to the point where I am today and I wouldn't be where I am today without all those things that have gone on so look at your life you know for the good always find the good in every bad situation that may come to you and go you know what this is a really crappy situation but how can I turn turn these lemonades these lemonades <laughs> these lemons into a lemon meringue pie forget lemonade we're hyping it up to lemon meringue pie um but seriously look at your life you get to decide how you respond to the things that life throws at you you get to choose if you are going to be a victim or a victor and i really challenge you guys to be a victor If you made it to the end of the podcast, thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for next week's episode where I'm going to be continuing on the story of who Lizzie is. Um, Make sure to give this a review, screenshot it if you watched it, share on your social media, tag me in all of it. And always, don't forget your love. Don't forget to be kind to one another. Most importantly, don't forget to be kind to yourself. Spread love, not hate, and I will check you guys later. Bye.